Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Ben Edwards, who will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hi, Ben. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm glad you could make it in today. I'm going to go ahead and introduce you. So Ben is the founder and CEO of Swappa. That is S-W-A-P-P-A, an online marketplace, which we're going to talk about amongst other online marketplaces. So what's up, Ben? Uh, Not much. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you coming in. I like this topic. Um, The online marketplace. And how do we call the online marketplace? Well, I think first what we can go ahead and do is is get your take on it and what you guys do at Swappa. Sure, sure. So uh, Swappa is what I call person-to-person marketplace for consumer tech. And so the consumer tech part covers the smartphones, iPhones, MacBooks, laptops, uh, video games, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, the person-to-person part means we help connect our users to act as both buyer and seller, and we help facilitate the sale. So we're not middlemen. We don't buy sure. and sell from them. We help make make it safe and easy to buy and sell with each other. Okay. So, and as far as like online marketplaces go, I mean, since the internet came out, the online marketplace <laughs> has, been, has been prevalent. And you guys, uh, you told me you guys came out in, in 2010. That's right. Which makes you almost an internet dinosaur. I, I yeah, I can. <laughs> in some ways. I mean, I look back at. Um, so, I shared with you before. I'll go back again. So, um, you know, my my original history with e-commerce and just. I mean, I don't want to say the internet, but like really, when we when I started as an entrepreneur, I was uh, I owned a ticket business mm-hmm. and we bought and sold tickets and I, and you know there was a lot of different marketplaces in which that occurred. Uh, eBay was the very first one. And there's, you know, you even mentioned prior that there's some similarities between, you know, like that's kind of an easy way to explain. Sure. But you guys don't sell doll houses. No, we, we don't think that the best way to buy and sell consumer electronics would be on the same place that you buy buy baby clothes and sell furniture and that sort of thing. And, And there's definitely something to be said about having a specialty or something that you deal with in general. So now you guys are a local here to Kansas city. Uh, started here. It's, uh, I, I live here. Our team's actually distributed all across the country or all across the world. We've got a handful of international folks as well, but uh, well, the internet never closes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, you know, and I mentioned, I, I find this topic to be near and dear to my own heart because, you know, that's where, you know, and just to say it quickly, I mean, here I'm starting, I wrote a whole book about it. Million dollar bedroom mm-hmm. is all about, r4a into online marketplaces and i'll go ahead and i'm gonna i'm gonna lead early here i like to always tell stories about things we didn't do well because i think they're fun and entertaining so yeah and most entrepreneurs do but i look back at so we started this business in the extra bedroom of my home started kind of buying and selling tickets next thing you know we're doing millions and millions of dollars of in revenue each year and one of the components of that was um, was a, uh, you know, we had affiliate sites, basically we had a bunch of sites that people would use t- as marketplaces for buying and selling tickets. We used plug-in technology to do that. So 
part of how we were promoting that and part of how we got started with our office in the Philippines, which is now the office of full scale, right. um, was posting links and ads, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be like Taylor Swift, Indianapolis tickets. And you post them on these different sites and people that are either in the marketplace would find them or they would be found on Google. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, as we became more aggressive with our posting, we would often be excluded <laughs> from the from the marketplace, which is a nice way to say it, which basically means we got kicked out, sure. yeah. ghosted, banned, whatever you want to call it. So at one point, I got I got uh, tired of that. I said, you know what? I don't need these marketplaces anymore. I'm going to build my own. All right. So taking a hybrid approach from the things like eBay, Craigslist, Backpage, Mm. whomever, we built our own online marketplace and it was nice and it worked well, except for I had one problem. What was that problem? There was no one in it. Oh, okay. So I had an empty marketplace. That's that's the hardest. Yeah. And that's, and that's where I think it's a great place to start because the empty, and I, and I often refer to this to people that have startup ideas and other things in hand. And they say, well, I say, okay, so you're, you're wanting to build an online marketplace for X, Y, Z. But the problem you're going to have right away is when no one's in a marketplace, people don't stop by, they don't take time to list, they don't shop, they don't do anything. Did you have the same problem when Swapa started? Oh yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, initially Swapa started, uh, as a marketplace specifically for smartphones and even specifically for Android phones. And so kind of the, uh, if I can get into the background of my, yeah, do it. my backgrounds in software. And so back in 2010, I was trying to get into app development and, uh, you know, basically I, I long time Java programmer who was getting into Android development. Um, I needed a cache of phones for development and testing purposes. Yeah. And, uh, Bynum used was cost per, or I'm sorry, Bynum new was cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. So I thought I could save some money buying used. And so hit up the standard marketplaces at the time, which were eBay and Craigslist. Um, both kind of had the sense of when you're, when you're searching for the, the stuff I was looking for, like kind of virtual junkyards. Um, uh, and so th- basically I, I ran into all sorts of problems from just inefficiencies in, uh, you know, search and poor communication and that sort of thing to outright fraud. And so, um, eBay didn't work too well, but, uh, was able to find lots of the phones I needed on, on Craigslist, but it was just a constant battle of yeah. people misrepresenting things. And so finally, it, and a lot of back and forth, a lot oh, of, yeah, yeah just communication like is 25 awful. messages to have one that meant something. Yeah. And you show up and yeah. people aren't there, all sorts of things, but the, the final straw was um so i i was meeting a craigslist seller in a dark parking lot after hours because that's how you're supposed to do it um and so show up but it was actually it wasn't uh it was it seemed safe situation i was able to handle the phone um you know turn it on and make sure it was working i was buying an old motorola droid um everything looked good so i paid the seller a couple hundred bucks um we both get in our car at the same time and leave and end up a block away at the same stoplight um, and so I, I just kind of look over at him and notice he's looking over at me nervously, which doesn't make any sense to me. He finally can't take anymore. He slams on the gas, runs through a red light, runs through another red light to like peel out onto the highway and like make this fast getaway. Wow. I'm kind of baffled that, you know, at this point realized I'd probably been duped somehow. I get home and try to activate the phone. Um, I think with, with Verizon and it was, turns out it was blacklisted. So even though it 
the technology seems fully functional. The phone wasn't able to connect to the network. So it was kind of a, it was not a very smart phone. Uh, so I got ripped off yet again. And that was uh, my motivation to finally start Swappa. So instead of getting into app development, I switched to uh, developing Swappa. And so that's kind of how it started. I was sick of getting ripped off. And, and that's, and that's the, you know, that's the similar, you look at, and, and obviously the thing that I had the most experience with over the last decade were online marketplaces where tickets are exchanged and they've had that same issue, oh, you imagine. know, like big time. And that was, that was one of the things. So when StubHub, uh, when I first started selling in 2009, StubHub was nothing like it was now. It wasn't the name brand. Mm -hmm. um, StubHub was originally a site called Liquid Tickets, hmm. and eBay bought the marketplace. And and man, we saw that the evolution change. You know, like now some of the things they do, like you talk about getting ripped off. So one of the things with tickets, especially as they turned electronic, was you know they they're scanning these barcodes at the gate. Yeah, and right. because once something's already scanned in, you're not getting in with the right. second one. So, you know, that's a common form of fraud. And now, you know, like last night for the Royals game, I had tickets and I couldn't go. So I was able to enter my barcodes. I got you. And, you know, StubHub facilitates the transaction of validating that those right. are, and then they reissue them through the ticket they deliver to the buyer. It's not only efficient for the buyer, it's also efficiently efficient for the seller. Because while you talk about as a buyer getting hosed, well, you can, as a seller, you certain you can get hosed too. And, it, and if you're doing a cash transaction, that's a lot harder to do. But when uh, one of the things with the ticket company that was always a challenge was, you know, over the years of, of credit card processing in different ways that we did business. Well, if you're making an online transaction, you're not collecting a signature, mm -hmm. which means if the buyer, if the buyer wants to file a chargeback, well, yeah. you, you're going to pretty much lose every time because they're going to say my card wasn't present. It was fraud. I wasn't the one that bought it. And there was instances where we literally like talked to the people like the email we delivered the tickets to would be like John Smith at their company yeah. domain. And you could look them up online and say like, that's the guy I sent him there. And they're saying to the credit card company, no. Yeah, right. I didn't get them. I never bought these. And you're like looking at them and you're going, geez, like this is fraud. Oh yeah. You're, and yeah. It, and, and, but the thing was, is the credit card companies, they don't care. They're processing this huge number of transactions and stuff like that. So, you know, the, as, and then yes, on the flip side of things, you know, buyers can get duped sure. um, and StubHub would have some, they don't talk about it too much because they don't want to encourage people to do it, but they would have, you know, have some inside information where they have people, you know, that it, because there's a the thing is they have people, some of these shows come out and they're in a year. Yeah. So you get these people that are just like sitting on those for, well, they're for, selling tickets for like the same ones, like over and over oh. and over. And the thing is, is you get cashed out and you get paid yeah. once the delivery's made. So you could theoretically run off with like huge amounts of money and, 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 you know, now they have protections against that stuff, but, you know, being able to ensure the, the quality of a transaction between a buyer and seller is really kind of the, the, uh, the crux of any online marketplace. So, mm -hmm. okay. So back to the vacant marketplace and okay, how it's, yeah, and how it's and no, and that, that no, well, that's, before. but this, but, but here's the thing is like, if you, uh, so many, I think pe some people don't even realize they're running a marketplace when they're trying to build software. 
I well, I, I knew I was. <laughs> that it, yeah, but I'm saying it's like so, so many. I knew that was going to be the first of well, after the the first hundred problems, that was going to be the first one after launching. Like it's you like literally, you know, spent nights and weekends for months and months and months and months. Like how developing and how do I get people in? There? Yeah. yeah, and then it's in, and then you launched to crickets. Literally, yeah. Like well, nobody right, knows right. exists. And so right. I, I I started off by. Uh, selling my cache of phones that I was accumulating through app development. So I was the first seller on the marketplace. Um, as far as getting users and stuff. But I, that's I, still not enough. Oh, not yeah. nearly enough. But it, yeah. it, it was like, luckily the timing was good the, uh, with, you know, this back in 2010, the iPhone was out, Android was out, of course, yeah. but that's when things were really now, By the way, just to give you context, in 2010 or 2009, that was like iPhone 2. Yeah, no, right, right. I mean, so just, yeah. For context, but like, because we think about 2009, we're like, oh, 10 years ago, that wasn't that long ago. For mobile devices, it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe not as much for internet, but, you know, people, I, I talk to people that are getting into e-commerce and doing different things. And, you you know, we thought in 2009, we thought the internet had become so sophisticated. Right. And it was absolutely the wild west oh yeah i mean everything from seo to all the other stuff yeah. like i mean it was just like game on and and when i say game on like game the system oh, yeah. on yeah. you know so okay now let me let me verify that this is correct you guys you guys sold 90 million dollars worth of transactions is that just last year or is that total? Yeah, no just last year so wow over yeah 90 i think it was 92 million dollars worth hello activity and we're proud of the fact that the vast majority of that ends up in the pocket of our sellers. So. That's awesome, man. So that was that listings or is that sales? That's sales. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. So, and then back to that empty marketplace. Oh, okay. So now you're the only seller. Right. So, and by the way, I'm driving this point home because there's a lot of you listening that want to, you know, whether you're creating an online marketplace that, that matches a seller of a service to a recipient or just like there's so many different things and the marketplace can be really powerful. Like if you can build a good one, that's efficient. It, I mean, it can really, really, really move mountains. And at the same time, like, so at some point, whether it was from the very, so from the very beginning, did you determine that you're like, okay, we're only doing tech and phones and stuff like that? Or yeah, did you it, originally say the world is mine, no, we it, can sell it, it all. Was, it was originally just specifically Android phones. Like I was, silly and uh that's not that's not silly even. though yeah well but yeah, oh you weren't even doing iphones no then? and that's the thing and so the idea was like i was plugged pretty plugged into the android development community and so that's where the first uh you know buyers and sellers came from was you know similar to me trying to get phones for development or testing but also the 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 pace of innovation for the the handsets and was so it was so fast like you know you would have new releases from the different manufacturers uh, every few months. Yep. And they were technically, you know, far advanced from what had come out in previous months. It's, that's not really the same anymore. Yeah. So the, the the pace of innovation on the hardware and stuff was so fast that it, it really did make sense to, I mean, you, you did have people that were switching phones multiple times a year and stuff like that yet. And so we, I, or I say we, at the time it was just me, went after, uh, you know, kind of gadget junkies and uh, Android junkies and stuff like that. And so it was, it was kind of a very receptive uh, community. 
but that but that's okay and that's i mean that's another point that i want to make is i think that sometimes people look at things and they say oh wow my total addressable market is is the world yeah right well good luck because yeah. you're not targeted like now you have ocean. to try to get them in it yeah it's like you said like trying to boil the ocean so it's it's difficult so all right so here you are and now you're trying to populate this marketplace like what actually got some people in there because there's a few there's a few things that that i've given people tips on in the past and like sometimes i mean i just tell people i'm like i don't really know how you're going to populate this marketplace but you should probably expect to maybe give it away for free for a while yeah well um let's as as far as giving it away for free i I did build in a sale fee uh, at the beginning because i was insistent that this thing was going to work it had to yeah. make money um um as far as i mean I, I i'm trying to remember all the things i did at the time to try to get users but it it was a uh, you know some just going into forums and saying hey you know like yeah. people talking about buying and selling sure. and so going into forums and uh, which is free about it, which is free but not, not very scalable but it yeah. uh, helps at the beginning it's a good I way to some, get started though yeah and i i uh, focused a lot on seo um, in search, um, it, it wasn't hard to find people who had had bad experiences the same way I had. Um, but it, but it was also, it was very slow going. So while this was slow, slow going, I think our, in our, in the first full year of business, uh, which would have been 2011, I think there's something like half a million dollars worth of total marketplace activity. Still so, not terrible. Well, it's, it, it wasn't much, but it, I but, mean, but, but you got to give some perspective to that too. Cause like you were probably getting a small percentage. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, like a single digit percentage. So at that. this point, was this a, was this a side hustle or, or had yes. you already gone in? Okay. No, so you're working as a developer somewhere else running this right this was on your evenings and weekends nights and weekends and and lunch hours i'm sure never never while working yeah well i mean for for a long period of time i was setting the alarm yeah that that (laughs) never happened of course but but no i uh for a long time i was setting the alarm at five o'clock in the morning so i can get up and get development time in but but so that's the thing so even when the market was very marketplace was very slow going and there wasn't a lot of activity there i was constantly coding and pushing stuff out Mm -hmm. so it, for better or worse, that's always kind of the was always kind of the solution for me because that's what I like doing. That's what so I was you, good at. But was and you were fu- you were funding it all yourself. Yeah, the cost, was it mainly just your effort at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah the costs were minimal. I um, I I can't remember. Yeah, I started on like uh, Amazon Web Services and stuff, but you know they made it easy to get get going and uh, sure. Uh, and all that so yeah the, the the costs weren't that great and it was yeah mainly just i mean for, for in, in a first year for, i mean to even get that kind of adoption that's actually really good i think i mean just yeah i mean you gotta have realistic expectations about where you're starting and then, and it's that kind of that field of dreams analogy just because you build it doesn't mean they'll come oh no it, it doesn't and then other things too it's like so there's there's upsides to a niche nature of a marketplace and then as an operator of it there's downsides because like i mean you look at something and and once again we're going to go back to the StubHub analogy like okay so StubHub sells tickets so they're in that niche but they sell all kinds of tickets right. so like whether i'm wanting to take my kid to see jojo siwa whether i want to see the kansas city royals or the chiefs or maybe I want to go to a Luke Bryan country concert somewhere right. else. I can go there. But now with phones and tech, you're in a different. Now, I, at the beginning, like you mentioned, people use, people would switch phones. Now, the hardware 
And you have a great point because the hardware and the technology in phones has definitely slowed down. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm on two. When when did the iPhone 10 come out? It was almost two years ago, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, I still have it because my dad gave me one for Christmas like yeah. two years ago and I still use it. And I'll be honest with you, like, I don't even, I, the thought of, man, maybe I should buy another phone. Yeah. I don't even think about it. Yeah. Because right. because what because for the thousand dollars, yeah, it's crazy. A phone's like the price of a laptop, and in a lot of cases, more expensive. Oh yeah, but yeah. but then again, it's a major tool for me when I'm like when you came in today, like, and this will this will come out uh, well after today. But you know, today is the the day that my third book came out, mm, and I was yeah, thanks. <laughs> it, was, it only took two years to do this one. Um, that was a different story behind that. But, well, and, you know, that's another thing too. Like actually, well, I was, I was making posts on my phone, you know, and I was yeah, using yeah. it. I mean, it's, it's like a tool of work and, it, and it's important, but still that, that older technology caught up. So it makes it a little harder to sell. Like, cause it, it, theoretically, if I was a, a customer on Swappa mm -hmm. and I sold my old phone back then, I don't have any new inventory to list on your site right. until I'm ready to get that new phone. Right. So has that impacted? Is that has that impacted the marketplace dynamic? Uh, as far as people holding onto their devices. yeah, sure. Oh yeah, it, it definitely has. Because even companies like Apple and some of them are reporting like laggard sales sure. and some of their hardware because well, and but and, and I know you're like an Android guy, and sometimes they get cranky about Apple. I'm an Apple guy. I've always had an iPhone. I'm not going to change, but like they make good hardware. Oh yeah. And, and it lasts. And so like, that's my point though, is like, so, and that's the problem they've created for themselves. So. It, it is, but it, 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 it has affected, affected us, but everybody needs a smartphone now. Like yeah, sure. back then they were, you know, a bit of a luxury or, you know, yeah. not every 12 year old had one as well. And so now it's True. Just, everybody needs one and people they're, they, they're not more physically resilient. People drop them, they break, yeah. they, um, you know, it, they are slightly because my wife washed her old one. Yeah, yeah. And now the one she has is waterproof and yeah. she dropped it in a toilet once uh, and it lived yeah. and I could not have been happier. Yeah. I, I hear yeah. You. And so, but yeah, so there's, there's still, there's still a good, <clears throat> a good reselling market for it. Oh, I'm sure there is. And I mean, and that's the thing too, is like, so the question is, is like, so basically the, the answer there was well maybe while the number while the the number of transactions per person mm -hmm. might have lengthened out the number of persons able to make transactions grew that but the, but i mean if you think about it like 90 million dollars in transactions well, how, what's the value of every piece of electronics that could be sold on there you got a long you got a lot of growth potentially to oh yeah to still be in front of you all right so okay. I want to go back to the the security of the buyer and the seller. And you t told this story about mm. being ripped off. And by the way, I used to have to do that. I used to do that too with tickets. So sometimes um, we would have tickets to a local venue and we had the actual hard tickets, like not electronic. And here I am uh, four hours before the show and it's local. Now I never used to sell. I was never the guy that was like, buy and sell tickets, hold them up. But I would drive down to the venues and drop off tickets to guys like that. Oh, okay. And sometimes it was shady transactions. It felt like I was like, no, I'm a big kid. So I was <laughs> never as worried about it. But yeah, there was a couple times that I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I, you know, someone's handing you a big stack of cash yeah, or right. something. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to go ahead and get the frick out of here. <laughs> uh, so what are some of the things that you do to, 
ensure the quality of the transaction, both for the buyer and the seller. Yeah, that's the, uh, and that's the real key here with Swap. It, it is, and, that's and by the way, the go to Swap, go to swappa.com, so you can now turn your listening to the podcast into an interactive experience. Ooh, there you go. Buy a phone while you're there. Yeah, I, I guess kind of something that separates us from every other marketplace, and 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 to try to ensure the integrity of these transactions is we have a no junk policy to where everything listed on the site has to be fully functional and then we actually enforce it and we do that. How do you enforce that? We have a uh, list, listing review process that is performed by humans. So every single listing on the site has been uh, reviewed and has to be approved by a member of our moderation staff before it ever uh, becomes available for sale, before the buyer even sees it. And we do a couple of uh, key things there. Uh, one is specifically for phones, but we still buy it. Phones is still the most dominant category on Swappa by, by far. And so something we do is when a seller creates a listing for a phone, they have to provide us the serial number or the IMEI, IMEI number for the phone. And, and we're able to use that to identify the phone and we can check a global blacklist to ensure it's not reported lost or stolen. Is that what gets a phone blacklisted at being lost or stolen? Yeah, okay. that, that's what will get it globally blacklisted. All the carriers, uh, you know, contribute to the same, sure. to the same list. Uh, okay. And, um, but we and that's, have, and that, that exists simply to deter people from stealing them. Well, it doesn't, it, I don't know if it deters. Well, but I mean, but the, the, well, it, it could though. Cause like, I mean, if you just keep stealing phones right. and, and you're not able to sell them, yeah. Well, yeah, it'll yeah. deter you. I yeah, mean, you'll, sure. you'll, I mean, you might just steal something different next time. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. All right. Um, but so that's one of the biggest things is yeah, we collect that serial number and we put it to use. And we can also use that to, uh, a lot of times we'll be doing manual checks with the carriers to just ensure there's not any sort of activation issue, you know, mm -hmm. you know for the, for the next potential buyer. Um, we can also, so some I, of that, like, and, and different cell phone carriers, they lock things like sure. certain types of phones are only good on Sprint or right. Verizon or whatever. And I would imagine on places like eBay, that can be a problem because if you buy is. a phone and you, I mean, let's just, all right. If you, you if you're a swap, a listener, put your user, put your earmuffs on buyers are dumb. I mean, and I don't want you to answer that. I'm going to just yeah. say it like, <laughs> they're, and they're so not. are sellers. Like someone's like, Hey, I've got a phone. Now what you mentioned, like on a lot of marketplaces, they'll identify a serial number or a model number. And mm -hmm. I would imagine you guys probably have some like preset specs and listings that you'll populate. Well, no, we have, well, that's the thing we have, uh, we, we've, we've cataloged and yeah. database everything and all the details of the phone so it's when you come on the list and but that doesn't stop someone that only has a verizon a verizon account from buying a phone that's only good on sprint does it but we make it pretty or pretty hard or pretty easy to not do that i guess yeah well it, and that's my point it's like organize yeah. the site but that's one thing yeah but if you're on but as buyers we can be dumb you're like hey i just want that cool new phone and you're not right. paying attention and if something that you know maybe i don't know how you guys do it or something like hey before you complete this transaction can you verify that you do have a verizon account well, or something like that right, but well we that's the thing we separate and we separate the list and so you, we the site's product centric as in you, you, you know, you drill down to what you're going to buy and then you see the listings as mm -hmm. opposed to most other marketplaces, which are free form. So meaning free form, like I search iPhone and now I got 14,000 responses. Yeah. And, and, like, uh, and, and there's no, okay. and then, you know, so well, you guys oh, walk, you walk, you do a walkthrough. 
Yeah, and, and it's, categor- it's categorized and cataloged, and and by the detail, and that's that serial number we've collected. We can actually identify most of the details of the phone to mm-hmm. ensure it's properly classified and stuff like that. So, it's but yeah, we definitely do see some amount of that. Like, oh, I bought the wrong bottle, but it's it's so so minimized compared sure. to everywhere else. It's amazing how little things, and you know, I'm a big fan of just the walkthrough. Like whether it's onboarding for a site, like first off, that's a, I'm a big advocate of that. Like, um, I, I'm, I'm also the founder of Gigabook. It's mm-hmm. an appointment booking site and it's something that full scale owns now. But, um, you know, we had so many bells and whistles and so many options and so much customization. It actually like our strength turned into our weakness. Like they held yeah. hands and just, just strolled down the street together. Yeah. And people, I love the customization, but where the frick do I find this we, so and we so we created a smart onboarding process and it, i mean it changed the game it reduced our our support inquiries by 90 percent the oh, day we incredible. turned it on that's incredible yeah because and we are a victim of some of that too <clears throat> is in because the details on these devices yeah. matter uh, you know for for laptops and stuff too but it's and but that's that's a big part of our challenge that we're constantly trying to do is make it make it easier but for the people that really care about the details and you know i'm looking for this specific model and stuff like we we make that possible to find it right where it can be really hard uh, on other sites um, so now do you still specialize in android did that no kind of hit- no i mean no it's we are we still sell more phones by far than anything else but it's now, it's now more it's, iphones than anything so well and th- then you have american user base if that's the case because yes, yes. that's one of the things that all right. So in the United States, and you can verify this, like, well, we have iPhones like half or more. I think and, more. Yeah. And now worldwide? No, not so much. Yeah. Why? Because they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So then you get other countries like in the Philippines, one of the things. So you always look back at your business that you started and you're like, wow, I didn't really uh, think that one out. <laughs> so in the Philippines, Apple products are imports. So they cost 20% more. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a pricey phone. <laughs> so, yeah. So it, it is a pricey phone. It's also a pricey laptop, a pricey desktop. So, you know, we actually, when we travel over there, bring stuff with us. I gotcha. Which is helpful. And, you know, but um, as far as like, so being one of those Apple people, admittedly, I just kind of, I, I never really like gave credence until I started building apps myself as to like, the importance of Android, like, cause you remember when here in the United States, when, when things first came out and, you know, we're getting into this cross compatible, like hybrid kind of world of web development, which can make things a little easier. Like, but it's like, you know, so you told me you guys have an app for Android mm. and you want to branch that out further. Sure. But with, with that, you know, there was that time when they're like, well, we only have an iPhone app. And I was like that guy. And then I realized if you want to have things global, like Android's key. It, it, it is. Yeah. Our, and quite honestly, Google is easier to deal with than Apple when it comes to submitting your apps and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, dude, Apple, the app store will kick your shit back like all day. And you're like, come on, can you tell me why? And sometimes they don't. You know, they oh, give yeah. you like we've, a we've little bit of explanation, right? but Google's a lot more. Well, first off, they get it in their marketplace faster. Yeah, and I don't know; it's just a little easier to deal. It's with it's it's way easier. We, yeah, we had an experience with a, just a pricing app uh, to where you could easily discover the price of your phone or any phone, like the market value, especially yeah. for it. 
and oh man yeah it, so the iphone app for it like got in and out of the marketplace yeah. with like literally no code changes like they take it then kick it out and then we submit it again they take it and then you kick it out for something different and then it finally just stopped saying what yeah why they were yeah it, 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 it it's was, almost it like they get it's it almost like they get tired with you and they're like nope nope wrong well, well they, they like, would was, you just give me some insights so yeah, yeah just, and, we're, we're trying to and sometimes it's weird goofy stuff too like so and i mean i'll just share some of that so mixtape the game which we play when we have more oh, yeah. than two guests here we well we own part of mixtape and and we're helping we're building a digital version of it and in order to play mixtape with your friends, you have to be able to share the app with your friends and make a connection. Yeah, nice. And like one of the things that's been a real freaking headache is the Facebook part. Mm -hmm. So that's different than Apple, but, you know, being able to share it through different yeah. things and stuff like that. So, and that's, a, that's an issue too, with any kind of technology is like all these things are proprietary and they don't really like theoretically have a requirement to communicate with other things. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So when you look back at Swappa, what's something that we, you know, I, I, I shared my failure. Yeah. By the way, those marketplaces that we built, they really were slick. They were just like little classified sites. We, we, we built like seven of them, all the same, basically, and tried to go after some different niches and stuff like that. We even populated the shit out of them with our own ads. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that, never could get them popping. Yeah. I mean, they we turned them off. I mean, we just never, ever got them going to the point that they mattered couldn't get them to rank well in google kind of largely because they were new probably no one was linking to them i don't know man but so what's something when you look back at swappa like share it give us give us a, a, a give us a nice tale of when you were the captain of the fail boat oh god i don't there's there's so many i i and, and i want to key this again because I, I i think it's important for people that are new startup founders remember like look at the recurring thing everybody that comes on this show and talks to us about anything all the successful people and we're like tell us where you failed they're like Gee, i don't even know where to start no, no, and that's that's exactly and that's the thing it's, it's normal just, it's fully yeah. normal and i think that that's one of the things that i love i love to continue to make that point because i run into people out in public and they come up and, and by the way, thank you for everyone that continues to listen. And it's so humbling when people I don't know come up to me at an event and they're like, hey, man, I listen to the podcast. Yeah. I love it. And I'm like, hi, I'm Matt. You know, like, <laughs> and that means a lot. But the feedback we get is, is I, they, our listeners love knowing and feeling reassured that it's okay to fail. Oh, I mean, we're talking, we've had people constant. that own billion dollar companies in here yeah. and they're talking, oh, wow, the list of fails is so long. So what do you got, man? I don't have a big fail. Oh, I give us a little of. one. Give us something, oh, I, just an interesting one. Well, that I, I don't know if there. I think it's just a constant list of trying things that don't that don't work. And, right. And and the the hard part is, you know, sometimes they don't work because you don't give them enough time and attention. You know, oh, we get version one out there, so to speak, and uh, then sometimes you can the ride them. Thing. Sometimes you can ride them too long. Well, exactly. Though. And that's, what I was that's always the that. tough part yeah. is determining like when, like, have I not left this in the oven long enough or have I burnt it to a crisp? Yeah. And, and, and there's really, um, you know, it's other things too, as you're getting started in any stage of your business is like, Oh, I don't know if I should, sell the do this valuation or whatever I don't, you know what you don't know if anything you're doing right now at your business is right or wrong until yeah. later yeah yeah i mean it's all 
and that's it. Like everything. And, and do you even need to classify it like that? I don't spend a lot of time looking in the rearview mirror. I, my I, business, I don't do you? No, I don't. And that's why I'm having trouble coming up with something. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to go full speed ahead when you're staring in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Well, here's something we can look back on. Like we've recently launched a new service called Swap a Local. And so it's trying okay. to take I, I, the easiest way to explain it is where swap is traditionally the, you know, an eBay model, you're buying and selling with anybody across the country, you know, and then you know, the phone you buy from the seller in Toledo is shipped to you, you know, or, or whatever, um, to where we're trying to bring the safety aspect. And, uh, that's what swap has been pretty successful in establishing itself as a, a consumer brand. It's, it's harder when you put people face to face. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. But so we're trying to take the safety aspect, which really starts with the, you know, kind of the no jump policy and then the listing verification, um, and all that stuff and bring that to a, an in-person transaction. And so, um, we've launched in nine cities so far and, it, and we're making the service available. Um, and so we'll be able to look back in here and see if that was, you know, we're, we're excited because it opens us up to a new class of, uh, buyers and sellers, you know, sellers and, that don't want to ship. Let's, cl let's clarify mad. why that's trickier. It's because as people we're we're remarkably unreliable. Oh yeah. Yeah. We really are. Oh, it's, but, but <laughs> it's not something you can control with your marketplace once right. that track transaction becomes interpersonal. Right. But we've tried to, yeah. we've tried to do a lot of you things. Can't to, to yeah. You can't make someone show up on time. You can't make someone be polite. You can't make oh, someone yeah. seem trustable or cool or nice or give a shit. And that's the hard part. It's, so, yeah. so like how, how is that going so far? Uh, we're just a, what, a month and a half, a month and a half in, uh, so far signs have all been good. Now it's not on fire uh, overwhelmingly yet. people are good. Like, oh, I just mean in general, just like people like, and we, we look at things, oh, this is shady or that's not you know, overwhelmingly. I really do like to have faith in humanity. Um, yeah, there's a small batch of people and like our media and other things likes to focus on that. So we're like, Oh my God, the world's on fire. And there's a couple little fires here and there and they get more of the attention. So, okay. So, and where do you find swap a local? Is that still at swap? It? Is that just a branch of swap com? Yeah. Just swap com slash local. And okay. we're doing more to get it, uh, you know, more introduced and prominent on the site, but right now it's only available to such a subset or, you know, small subset of our users that, uh, so along the way, have you funded this all yourself and has it funded itself or have you bring it, brought in any venture capital? Or? Uh, no venture capital. Um, nice. it's been yeah, kind of bootstrapped, uh, from the beginning and, uh, profitable, uh, I, I, all along wait <laughs> but, a minute but, you but own a software it. company that's profitable yeah well but which is probably to our detriment uh, <laughs> it can be isn't that wild yeah, like because it doesn't make any if sense we did, if we me. did try to raise money now you know for a more rapid expansion or you know try to sell yeah like, i don't know a lot of people say, most say most i know that that now say the best time to raise money is when you don't need it yeah and that's that's which is weird I'm, you know, the, we've had some topics lately about venture capital and raising capital and, oh, everyone thinks that they're going to do it. And everyone thinks that their valuations X and everyone thinks that they're going to get paid on date Y. And then guess what, folks, you're probably wrong. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a humbling process. It is very, I mean, it's like a meat grinder. Yeah. So if you've been able to avoid it, that's great. At the same time, um, sometimes you need it. Oh, I mean, yeah. it depends on where you want to go. Like, it seems like you guys are doing really, I mean, doing great. 
Um, can I ask how many people participate in working on, with SWAPA? You say you have, you have a distributed workforce. Oh yeah. How many people? Are, yeah. We've got a team of about 30. Okay. 20 are full time. Uh, and we've got about 10 part time on the, that are primarily in the support moderation staff. But, okay. Yeah. Just a team of uh, 30. So what do you think that do you, as we kind of round out this episode, do you feel like the local transaction, the local marketplace is the next tier of growth for you guys? I think so. And I hope so because it, it leverages exactly what we do already. Um, but it, it introduces us to a new class of buyer and seller uh, specifically for like the buyer that kind of need it. Now, if you've dropped your phone or lost your phone or ruined it, or for whatever reason, you need a new, a lot of yeah. people need a new one now. They can't. Rather than waiting three days or right. however. For it yeah. to be shipped, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so, um, and, and we see that at like Christmas time even. You and know, you're also competing with that now economy because, you know, you have things like Amazon and other oh, stuff. Yeah. They'll bring yeah. it the same day. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, that's, that's really like, the, that's the challenge of the modern e-com business is Amazon. Every, yeah. I mean, and, Every and, and I guess, you know what, like, I mean, technically, Amazon is an online marketplace. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they don't, well, they own stuff now, but they don't need to. Amazon owns and sells their own product when and where they can see and realize a tidy profit. Sure. Um, and that's that's one of the challenges, too, because I definitely talk to people that, um, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, I was selling dog leashes. And uh, then Amazon decided they wanted to sell dog leashes because, yeah. see, they get all the numbers, they get all the analytics, oh, and they're yeah. like, huh, these guys are making a pretty tidy profit here. Maybe we should sell dog leashes. And then you see Amazon's choice. Yep. And, uh, you know, then, but at the same time, much like a lot of other, um, a lot of, uh, okay, so here in front of me in the studio, I've got a red and a gold money gun. They both say Supreme down the side. I bought both on Amazon. I'm certain that based on the price that I paid, those are not the authentic Supreme money gun <laughs> that was, you know, cause that's yeah. the thing is like, I paid like 20 bucks for these things. Um, so theoretically that wasn't real. I mean, yeah. so, you know, some of the things that Amazon's had issues with too, is like at one point they, they, you know, they have all these bins and, and things that they throw product in. Sure. So they were getting, you know, you would send, 10 boxed, well, let's just say mixtape the game. And so I've got, here it is, mixtape the game.com. Um, let's just say that theoretically I, I sent 50 of these to Amazon and they, they, they used to do this differently. They throw it in the bin and then say someone counterfeited this mm. and they sent 25 in, they'd throw those in the bin too. Oh, so so sometimes if you wanted your product returned or also there's elements of Amazon where you can basically just use their fulfillment. Like, for example, my books, if I wanted to print those with a, a different publisher, which I do, and then send them to Amazon and sell them, and if I want them back or I want to distribute them, I can use Amazon to do that, mm -hmm. which can be really effective from a supply chain perspective. Sure. But if someone counterfeited my book and then I wanted to send it back or send them to people, they would, at one point, were just commingling everything. Oh, man. So yeah. people were sending in bunk stuff and they'd be like, Hey, I need, I need my inventory back or whatever. And then they'd get it back and they're like, what the, f what is this? Oh, man. So, yeah. So like you just talk about, I mean, every business of every size has problems oh, yeah. dealing with that kind of stuff, obviously fulfillment. So, and let's finish with that. So 
if I buy a phone on Swappa, is it now up to the the sell? You guys help. Obviously, you probably help me print a shipping label and stuff like that. But is it up to the the seller to get that in a box and send it off yeah. the same way? Oh as yeah, stuff? yeah. And we've got copious amounts of documentation and stuff to you know advise on how to make that easier. But yeah, yeah, the seller would then have to go just package it up and ship it off. So someone was in here. It was uh, gosh, I think it was uh, Joe Pippen from the Fishing Caddy. Mm-hmm. But wait, no, it wasn't. It was Andrew Dowis from Pro Athlete. Um, they sell JustBats.com. Oh, okay. And uh, they had done what did a, they sell? They, just bats. Oh, okay. Like fifty million dollars <laughs> worth of baseball bats a year. Wow. Like massive, and they're here in Kansas City too. By the way, in your hometown, there's probably great stuff going on around you, you didn't even know about. Like Ben, oh, I just God. just met you in person today for the first time. And you're, this is an example of like, and I don't want to say you're under the radar because you guys are doing $90 million in marketplace transactions, but look around your own backyard people because there are interesting people and businesses doing cool, interesting, innovative. And in some cases, like you guys have been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get more plugged in. I've been, I've been saying that for years. And well, this, dude, is, this it, is an attempt, part of an attempt to do that. You're like, busy you're busy selling $90 million worth of stuff. No one can really fault you for that, but it's difficult. It's like, cause you know, anytime you choose to do one thing, you're choosing not to do something else. But yeah, right. anyway, back to what, what Andrew was saying is they did a thing where you could trade in your old baseball bat. Okay. Then they've realized the problem. No one just has a box that inherently fits a baseball bat. Yeah. So, you know, like, and the thing is, is shipping, like maybe if you have like a really long poster tube or one of those triangle things, but who has that? Nobody. And And now you need to put a bat in something. So they were getting boxes that were like, you know, like a TV box (laughs) or something, which made it really, really, really expensive to ship. And, 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 you know, we're, that's, that was kind of the failure story that he shared he's like yeah we realized pretty quickly that wasn't going to work out we tried doing shipping kits yeah. to where we would we like for macbooks it was the first one we did it with was that it was actually kind of successful in that we found like the perfect size box um you know exactly the, the perfect packing materials on because you can't just go to the store and buy yeah. that size box hey, i need it yeah and, and that's just my the point right yeah. amount of bubble wrap or cushion right. and so we went through and did this and found basically what worked for all the different sizes of macbooks and put it together in a shipping kit. We could buy all the stuff in bulk and then you could buy it cheap and we would ship you the box yeah. that you would then ship it. But uh, even shipping an empty box. It's expensive. It, it costs as yeah. you know, it costs about materials. as much as it costs about as much as shipping a full one. Yeah. And yeah. so, and we were, so we would sell these at a loss though, but yeah. the MacBook shipping kit, and they were very popular. It, you know, people would like, Oh, cause yeah, it solved this, exact problem but it just wasn't well, and, that, and that's why so. and that's why franchises like the ups store and stuff like mm-hmm. that are actually uh doing well and they're listed amongst top franchise units because a lot of places like swapa or other places that have to ship anything you look at like those are the kind of places where you go to return your cable box now yeah. oh, because yeah. that you can drop it off and they'll pack it up and ship it right. back because the you know, like the cable companies don't have offices everywhere, the ability to right. take that stuff in. So yeah, there's a lot of different stuff. All right. So if you, are you guys on the social medias? We we are. On all of them? Uh, Close. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. I'm assuming that if you search Swappa. 
you'll find it. And we will be following Swappa on the app Startup Hustle Podcast Instagram account. So you can find it there if you want to make it quick and easy. If you want to check out what Matt Watson and I do when we're not recording podcasts, you can go to fullscale.io. We help you build a team of experts that will help you build your hopes and dreams online. I like to keep it that vague. So anyway, Ben, thank you so much for coming by. Um, anything else to say? No, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you coming by and, and, and we're going to follow up again on online marketplaces. I love the subject. Um, it, whether you are selling a service, a product, facilitating transactions, tip, technically tender is an online marketplace. I mean, it is, it's, it, it is. So you got to look at, at marketplace dynamics. You got to figure out how you're going to populate it. You got to figure out how you're going to ensure the safety and quality of your transactions and how you're going to make your buyer and seller experience. And they're both important because if the sellers don't have stuff to sell in your marketplace, yeah, goodbye. So, and speaking of goodbye, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.